Hey, and ladies, it's Caroline. And Kristen. Now, a couple of years ago, we published this just fantastic series of pep talks, but they have been trapped behind a paywall. We brought a few out into the main feed to close out 2021 and ring in the new year, and now we're bringing y'all the rest. We dropped three pep talks in the feed last week, and we've got three more in the feed for you this week. So please enjoy, and happy spring. Alone time is a really rich time uh, for me, sitting among all the wild thoughts in my mind to, you know, come up with ideas. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Unladylike Pep Talks album. I'm Kristen. I'm Caroline. Pep Talks are pick-me-ups for when the patriarchy gets you down, starring some of our favorite, most inspirational, hilarious, and brilliant unladies. Today, writer and podcast host Julia Bainbridge is sharing with us how to be alone, a topic she delves into on her show, The Lonely Hour. And Kristen, we have to tell everybody... We know and love Julia like IRL. Yeah, we are bragging that we do have friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. We don't just sit at home talking to our Alexas every day. We've actually hung out with Julia. Right. And, and, you know, meeting Julia in person, if you listen to The Lonely Hour and know that she is someone who talks a lot about being alone— You would not think that if you met her because she is one of just the most refined, hilarious, like, well-dressed women I've ever met, to be honest. Uh, Not to mention, Kristen, she was just featured on Curbed because her apartment in New York is so fabulous, Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. is her wardrobe. I'm sorry. I'm a Julia fangirl. Actually, I'm not going to apologize for that. Julia, I love you. (laughs) But, Caroline, when we aren't Google-stalking people we admire, Mm -hmm. um, we do spend a lot of times by ourselves. Oh, yeah. Not just talking about you and me alone in the podcast studio, but especially since we work for ourselves and not in offices, we literally spend a good amount of each week by ourselves, which, on the one hand, can be awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, that introvert side of me definitely needs needs the alone time. But, Caroline, this was something that I used to have the hardest time with, especially in my 20s when I was single and ready to mingle. <laughs> like, there was just a span of years where it was so hard for me to be alone, like literally just like in my bedroom alone, sitting still. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be near it, like get me out, get me around people. Because in retrospect, having since been kind of forced to spend a lot of time alone, you know what the scary thing for me, at least, about being alone was? Hmm. Having to be alone with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. When you're alone, like you don't have the other chatter. Like it's just you and Sometimes, like, it's easier, I think, to just try to tune yourself out. Well, sure. And there's also the fact that, like, solitude and loneliness both are totally stigmatized. You know, it's kind of, like, perceived as selfish if you want to be alone. Um, It's also seen as pathetic if you are alone, like, no matter how you yourself might view it. Like, I'm the ultimate only child. 
I love my alone time. Being able to literally and figuratively just close that door and sit in my silent house. I, meanwhile, am the youngest of five. Um, And even then, like growing up, I hated having to play by myself. Like I remember my mom always having to instruct me to entertain myself because I would want to always be playing with my older siblings, you know, who might not have wanted their little kid sister around all the time. Um, And so I I just couldn't stand it because I think in, in my youngest child brain, I associated being alone with someone like not wanting to be around Mm -hmm. me. Well, yeah, it's funny because like you in my 20s, that was really hard for me. I did experience like outright loneliness if, for instance, I wanted to stay out and continue hanging out with people, but everybody else, you know, wanted to go home. And then they paired off. God, and then I would have to just go home and open a beer and sit by myself. And there was just a lot of like self-loathing in those moments. Did you ever do the thing where you'd go home with someone else who you really didn't like, but you just didn't want to be alone? Oh, I had entire relationships based (laughs) on that premise, Kristen. Um, But it was different as a kid. I literally like when I was little and I barely remember this, but my mother loves to tell this story. My mother would host Thanksgiving every year, still does. I was a tiny child, and I was basically like the only child in this suddenly full house, packed with adults. Packed with turkeys! Packed with all these turkeys. And I looked at my mother when I was very small, and I was holding a picture book under my arm, and I said, I'm going to my room to read. None of these people will come bother me, will they? My mother looked at me, didn't miss a beat, and was like, no, Caroline, they won't open your door. Just go to your room. And that's kind of like a through line up to now that I'm 35 years old and I still have that emotional need to go to my room and read a book and close the door. Well, and you and I have also worked out our like aloneness needs to as the more we've worked together and whenever we started like traveling together, there are definitely times where like I will just kind of disappear or like you might disappear. And it's not it's not a thing. It's just like, I just need to, most mostly, to be honest, I just want to be able to put on my headphones and listen to my podcast stories. <laughs> listen to your stories. I, you know, I got to see what Michael Barbaro is talking about. But it does seem like you and I are no strangers to that idea of solitude versus loneliness. It seems like we've been in both places, but that we're very familiar with the line. And it's something that today's pep talk giver, Julia, is really familiar with. I mean, this is honestly something that she explores on each podcast with her guests, that idea that loneliness and aloneness are both so stigmatized Mm -hmm. and that you can't really talk about it. And the idea, too, that, like, loneliness is some massive social epidemic. She actually is a social epidemic skeptic when it comes to this idea of loneliness being, like, this cultural disease. Instead, she looks at how our culture of individualism and how some of our, like, media-fueled social disconnection plays with our identities. Mm, It's really interesting. And I also just want to say, too, that... The whole not wanting to be alone with my own thoughts, like those that anxiety, I haven't totally grown out of it. Yeah. Like I recognize it more now. But speaking of like always wanting to listen to my stories and my podcasts, like that now for current me is 
the thing that I have to watch. Like, am I binge listening to all of these podcasts because, like, I really need to know all of the stories? Or do I just not want to hear the chatter in my own brain? And it's tough. Oh, yeah. It's oh, tough. Yeah. Why? I mean, I I use work as that plug, to be honest. And, and that's why you're such a great work wife. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, like, for instance, it took me weeks. I have therapy homework that my therapist gives me. And it took weeks to actually do the first quote-unquote assignment because it really did involve putting work down, sitting in my silent house, and listening to those thoughts in my brain. And that can be hard. Like, I love my alone time, but maybe even at 35, I still don't love being alone with myself all the time. Mm -hmm. Totally agree, Caroline. So listeners, draw yourself a bubble bath or you know, um, pretend you have a bubble bath-worthy bathtub. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so real. And let Julia guide us all into some solitary bliss with How to Be Alone. My name is Julia Bainbridge. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I'm an editor and a writer, and I focus mainly on the topics of food and feelings. And I'm also the creator and host of a podcast called The Lonely Hour. It's a show about loneliness, but it's not a bummer, I promise you. What my show does is kind of catalogs people's experiences with loneliness, but also all corners of aloneness, right? So loneliness and solitude, which is something we seek. It has a kind of more positive bent. I think of aloneness as a state, right? So that's just the state of being alone. And loneliness is a feeling over that state, right? And it's a sad feeling over that state. And it has a lot to do with perception. Um, John T. Cacioppo, who uh, was the director of the Center for Cognitive Neuroscience at the University of Chicago, he unfortunately passed away a couple years ago, but he had been studying the effects and causes of loneliness for over two decades. And according to him, loneliness refers to the perception that one's social relationships are inadequate in light of one's preferences for social involvement. So introverts in his studies, for example, show none of the health risk factors that married persons with perceived isolation showed. When I think about being alone, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is pleasure. Like, I remember posting a silly photo of my bathtub outfitted with candles and filled with bubbles on Instagram stories, and three friends of mine who are mothers direct messaged me saying how they envied that time. And I have that time every day, and I can't imagine I'd be happy living a life in which I didn't. So in essence, what was a silly Instagram post turned into a wonderfully effective form of birth control for me. So I started the Lonely Hour for a number of reasons. I mean, I think, uh, sure, part of it was my own personal experience being single and not really wanting to be and having a hard time, not a hard time dating, but a hard time really partnering off and looking at why that was the case, not only for me, but so many women in New York who are my age. And frankly, a lot of them are like really attractive and who are hardworking and present well. And, you know, they're ambitious and they're really ready to um, be a giving partner. And I just feel like we all were looking around like, where are they? And I think um, that sort of encouraged me to look at all the ways in which we're living now that are 
different uh, from how they used to be, sort of some cultural shifts. So, of course, you've got dating apps and how that's changed how we interact or don't, frankly, you know, all the, all the ghosting, all this, the sort of uh, commodification of people, the video gamification of dating, um, but also just uh, some of the trends that social scientists are reporting. Like, we're, we're more of us are living alone than ever before. And I think about my friends who are scattered all over the country, you know, which uh, is kind of different than when people stayed in their communities and went to college close to home. And just looking at a lot of these things led me to want to explore. I mean, for the first time ever, single adult women outnumber married adult women in the U.S. um, And the narrative around our experience hasn't really evolved with the numbers. So I really appreciate what Amy Lutkin, a writer um, for Jezebel, who has been on the show before, uh, said in this piece she wrote said uh, called When Can I Say? I'll be alone forever. You know, she was saying, you know, it isn't loneliness that's difficult to contend with. She said, I'm quite excellent at being by myself. I have learned to enjoy my own company. And when I'm not enjoying it, um, the world offers plenty of distractions. But the difficulty is the inability to talk about it, like the lack of language to explain how you're looking at your life when you um, have uh, not even resigned to being alone, but when you've decided, you know, that you're not going to partner off. The moment I really thought uh, I would make a show out of these things that I think had been marinating for a while was I had visited one of my brothers um, in Virginia and my niece there, and um, I was uh, riding the train back to New York where I would return to my apartment, which I have myself, and um, just thinking, yeah, about not only my brother, but uh, a lot of friends my age who have even three children at this point, uh, and just thinking about how different my life looks like than theirs, and how different a lot of the lives of friends my age in New York City look than um, these other friends who maybe don't live in big urban areas. Um, the personal experience that led me to explore the topic really was like singlehood in your mid-30s, but certainly moving to Atlanta. So I'd been in New York for 10 years and I had already started the show at this point, but it definitely gave me a new perspective on the topic. Um, I lived in New York for 10 years. I moved to Atlanta for a job and it's hard moving to a new city in general. I think it's also hard maybe when you're a little older to move to a new city and find friends. And though Atlanta welcomed me with open arms, um, I really, I missed the world I'd built for myself in New York. And so that was a lonely period right after moving to a new place. There is something that I wish women and girls understood or were taught about this topic. And um, there's a woman, the great Cleo Wade, uh, who put it perfectly. Um, it's This is a short poem called Owned by You Alone. And so it goes, your peace belongs to you alone. Only you can give it to yourself and only you can take it away. It's about uh, the power you have, right? Each of us has the power to choose to be happy um, and and I think choose to be and, and to control um, your environment to a certain degree um, and ensure that it's a peaceful one.
Hello, ladies, or shall I say unladies, or any type of person who's listening. I'm Julia, and I'm here in hopes that I can encourage you to love being alone. I've lived with other people, and I've lived alone, and I much prefer the latter. My apartment is decorated exactly how I want it to be. And if it's not, if there's something about it that's not quite right and I don't have the money to fix it right now, I'm the only one looking at it, and I can be patient. In the mornings in this apartment, I tune my loudspeakers into whatever I want. Maybe it's my favorite SZA song, which is Gogina. Actually, every song on the Control album is my favorite SZA song, but I like Gogina in the morning. Anyway, maybe I want to listen to the latest episode of Unladylike. The point is, I don't have to consider anyone else. I can sit my coffee in my robe and just absorb whatever it is. And there may not be many times in my life where I'll have this kind of living situation, so I want to enjoy it, and I want you to, too. This extends beyond the home. I love going to movies by myself. I usually wear sweatpants, and I sneak in some kombucha that I don't have to share, and I can take in the film without feeling pressure to discuss it afterwards. There's this Indian philosopher, Jiddu Krishnamurti, and I think he said it best. He said, it's beautiful to be alone. It means the mind is not influenced and contaminated by society. So I like sitting with things before I form opinions or even share reactions. I go to movies and art shows alone. I like to shop for clothing alone so that I can choose just what I like and not what someone else thinks might look better on my figure. Now, I want you to get comfortable with being alone, to relish in being alone, but I realize that sometimes you're in a situation when you really don't want to be. Please lean on your people. When I moved to a new city and felt lonely, I asked one of my best friends who makes way more money than I do to buy a plane ticket and visit me. I didn't make any grand plans for us, and he didn't expect any. We sat in my apartment in silence and read. We drove around town and looked at things. We moved some of my furniture in my new office so that it felt more spacious and calming. And after that, every time I walked into my office, I had a vision of him in it. He had touched that space. And that idea sustained me for a little while as I got more used to my new home. And it doesn't have to be a visit. It could just be a phone call. Did you know that our stress hormones decrease and oxytocin, which is also called the love hormone because it's released when we orgasm or even snuggle, increases when we hear familiar voices that soothe us? A couple months into my life in that still new city, I asked one of my best friends if we could schedule weekly phone calls. We did. We even put them in the calendar. You can ask people for help. They really do want to give it to you. And the last thing I'll share is that more Americans are living alone today. The numbers have grown steadily since the 1920s. Maybe you live alone and love it. Maybe you live with people and love that. Either way, I'm sure you get lonely sometimes, and that doesn't make you strange. Loneliness is part of being human. We all feel it at times, even when we're surrounded by other people. So I promise you, you are not alone. To learn more about our devastatingly fashionable and brilliant friend Julia, head over to her website, juliabainbridge.com, or follow her on Twitter at Julia Bainbridge, and please pick up her incredible book, Good Drinks. Y'all can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unladylike Media. You can also drop us a line at hello at unladylike.co. And you can support Caroline and me directly by joining our Patreon. You'll get instant access to nearly 100 ad-free bonus episodes and a new bonus episode every Saturday. You can find it all over at patreon.com slash unladylikemedia. 
Nora Ritchie is the senior producer of Unladylike. Michelle O'Brien is our associate producer. Gianna Palmer is our story editor. Shruti Marate transcribes our tape. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Ami Mae Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Mixing is by Jared O'Connell. Sound design and additional music is by Casey Holford and Andy Christens. Special thanks to Abigail Keel and Aaron Nestor, plus Casey Holford, who wrote original music for our pep talk series. And Nora Ritchie, Jenny Barish, and Joanna Kelly, who contributed vocals. Our executive producers are Peter Clowney, Daisy Rosario, and Unladylike Media. This podcast was created by your hosts, Kristen Conger and Caroline Irvin of Unladylike Media. And remember, need some pep in your step? Get Unladylike. And I love getting high. Getting high! Belly high. We'll find you. (laughs) Stitcher. Stitcher.